high. I don't know if you can tell by just looking at me, but I'm like not in the mood. Just not in the mood for anything. I'm not having any of it this week. I, my brain is just, she's unhappy. She doesn't feel right. She feels off and it's not super fun, but like at least it, it's on par with the theme. If you guys want to hear what's wrong with me and why my brain's so messed up and how yours might be too, stay tuned. All right, well, welcome back to Haphazardly. If you're new here, my name is Jade, and I'm guessing hopefully you're new here because I am not famous, nor do I have a following other than the, like, 10 people that listen to this that are my good friends. Ah! I... Amanda, shut up or film me. I just, like, can't function right now. The, the topic of mental health is difficult to talk about because it's a lot of drawing lines on what's appropriate boundaries and what's inappropriate. I think that I'm probably not going to share a lot of the things that have necessarily caused me to have mental health disorders that are non-genetic um, just because it's a little TMI and, you know, some things don't aren't meant to be shared with everyone on the internet, you know? I don't even know, guys. This is terrible. I was laying on the couch, and I was, because I went to therapy this morning. It was my first time going to therapy, which might be why I'm, like, feeling drained, because I just word vomited at this woman. (laughs) There's just so much to talk about with my mental health in specific, and on this forum here, there's even more to talk about because it's my job, and it's my personal interest. So it's like, I just have all of the information. So there's probably going to be like a lot more episodes about mental health topics, like me going into deep, 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 deep detail about different disorders, about my disorders, about different theories, assessments, quizzes, whatever, all that. This one right now. So if you're listening, just be aware. One today, which this week I'm not doing affirmations. I don't really feel like people like them. They're not downloaded as much. So I think I'm just going to post this one. So there's going to be two episodes on mental health this week. The first one is going to be about, like, my journey of getting mentally ill. Um, And then the second one's going to be more of, like, me talking about the diagnoses and all that. This is, like, one of those topics that's organically so easy for me to talk about. Like, if I'm talking with somebody and they're like, I'm struggling with my brain. I'm like, let me teach you all the skills, babes. Like, I got all the coping skills for you. I have all the, like, wisdom that I can give. Like, I live for helping people by responding to what they've said with input, which is why I'm going to school to be a therapist. (laughs) Duh. But, like, I even organically can share my life with people, but I have a hard time articulating it when I'm asked to sit down and speak about it concisely because there's just so much and like I said it's really hard to figure out boundaries of what to share you know guys this episode might be really all over the place because my brain's legitimately not well today 
it has not been well for the past few days and this happens like on a monthly basis the week after my period I just don't do well like mentally I I really struggle um the worst so I was actually I actually filmed this entire podcast of me talking about mental health last week I've refilmed it six times in one sitting like I did it each time for like 30 minutes and then would restart it because uh last weekend was like this beginning of November was the one year anniversary of like the start of my worst mental health I've ever had so last November started this consistent routine of every single month the week after my period I would have a full-on mental breakdown like would stare at a wall I okay here's how it would go the first day would be me having tons of tears pant like (sighs) full meltdown huffing puffing crying screaming whatever meltdowns for hours on end I'd do it cry 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 I'd be out of energy fall asleep do it again like just constantly either crying or on the verge of crying for hours on end until I'd go to bed and even when I tried to go to bed most of the time I couldn't fall asleep and then the next day it would be kind of some of that but it would start to like turn into this numbness where I would just like dissociate and feel like I wasn't there I wasn't present I would just stare out the window I wasn't eating any food Amanda would have to come over to try to like take me on walks (laughs) and force feed me food like I knew I had to eat food and I would try but like I'd have to have someone sit there with me to distract me from the idea of eating because eating made me feel sick to my stomach so I'd like force feed myself primarily like rice with butter and salt just a big old bowl of white rice with butter and salt or peanut butter and jelly sandwich that I would sit there and it would take me an hour or more to eat this half of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich it was so hard and I, I when I did eat I was just constantly sick if you know what I mean if any girlies have anxiety, to any extent, I can almost bet money that your anxiety is somehow gastrointestinally related. Diarrhea, vomiting, constipation, just feeling nauseous. It's all part of it. And it happens to me all the time. So then I would just like, I would like, it was in the winter, so I would just like go outside and lay in a snowbank and stare at the sky or like stare at the window. I would just like every day just felt like numbness, emptiness. And if if you guys know me, you know I talk nonstop. I can talk to a brick wall. Honestly, it's more like like I can talk to a tree because I dead ass probably would do that. <laughs> but when I'm in these moments, I can't speak. Like I literally it's so hard to talk and I've never experienced that in my life. So when this happened, I was like, why is this continuously happening to me? I don't, I've never had it where it lasted so long. This would go on for like the intense part of like crying and then like not speaking and feeling numb would go on for like four or five days. And then like day five, six, seven would be me kind of starting to feel back to normal. Like it was almost like my battery had hit zero and then I could feel it like slowly charging up and then all of a sudden I would just feel normal again like completely normal again it was horrible and that happened every single month until my last one was the beginning of September after my period the week after my period which sucks because it was like right after we got married 
And that, but here's the thing. The worst of them was from November until, November until June. And then July, I didn't have one. But August, I had one, but it wasn't as bad as the other ones. They were all just as equally bad from November until June. But August and September were better. It only I would only cry for like one day instead of two. And then it would only be a couple hours of crying versus like primarily the entire day. And then I would only feel numb for like a couple hours to a day. And then I would start to feel back to normal. So, so instead of like lasting a week, it was lasting more like three to four days in total. Um, and it wasn't nearly as intense. Instead of being like a 12 out of 10 bad, it was more like an 8 out of 10. Um, and this this month, in last last month, it was like probably similar to this where if I wasn't being super aware of how I was feeling, I would have just thought, oh, I just must be irritable because I had coffee or something like that or I'm overstimulated. Um, it's just like I can, I just feel like empty. Just as, it's just like the sense that you get inside your brain and you can just tell that something's off. Like, have you ever seen those TikToks that are like people that have bipolar and they're like, when you suddenly realize that you've been cleaning a lot and like making a lot of plans and you start to get sad. It's like always this music that's like, oh my, huh, huh, that one. Because you're like, oh crap, it's coming. Because it's like this cycle of just grossness coming. I don't have bipolar that I know of. I'm like pretty sure I don't have bipolar, but um, I think it has something more to do with my hormones than it does anything else, but it's still my mental health. So anyway, let's go back to the beginning because obviously that's where I'm at right now, um, but I want to talk about my mental health in general, not just what's going on right in this moment and what's been going on lately, um, but that, like I said, that's been the worst of my entire life for my anxiety, I think. Um, but the past like four years has been the biggest challenge for me. High school was, high school was bad, but in a different way because high school was bad, but in a different way, because when you're in high school, you're just like a hormonal teenager. So like, while I was like sad and anxious, it was kind of cool because everything, because everything feels like this crazy movie and like so intense that it's almost like feels, that sounds bizarre, but like I always liked feeling super sad in high school because it made me feel alive. And like, I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, I really hope to God that you guys will all be DMing me and being like, I related so much because if you don't, you're all like, what is wrong with her? I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna share. I shouldn't share. I'm pretty sure you guys do feel the same. So the first time I remember having anxiety, I could, oh my gosh, I've repeated this so many times from when I re-recorded the, uh, this episode before that I feel like I could just write it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. You know what? I'm not even going to yell at myself for this episode because I think that the more, because normally like when I'm doing this and I'm recording, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to cut it all out. I'm going to re-record it and blah 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 but no like this is real this is what life is like and this is what I'm like and I don't want to like be fake (laughs) and make it seem like when I make this I'm fully put together and it's just like very curated thing a lot of these beginning episodes probably aren't going to be if they're about me because I don't need resources 
I don't need to be professional. It's about my life, okay? I'm backing it up with experience, okay? So let's go back to the beginning. First time I remember experiencing anxiety, there's actually multiple, but the one that's like the most like anxiety related would be when my parents left for a trip and they left me at home with my grandparents. I remember sitting in my bedroom and staring out the window and watching them drive away and playing the song from Tarzan, the one that's like, you wanna be This was my first red flag of OCD was that I was so scared of those things that I would avoid certain situations that would trigger like thoughts of those things. Um, for example, I started to pray every single night before bed that I'm not, I could repeat the prayer exactly because I'm going to repeat it for you. I would say, dear God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for everything that we've given to us. Thank you for this house. Thank you for my bed. Thank you for the air conditioning. Thank you for the heat. Thank you for water. Thank you for the food. I pray for other people in different countries that don't have clean water and food. I ask that you'll help them get those things. I also pray that you won't let our house get caught on fire, the carbon monoxide detector to go off, hurricanes to hit our house, tornadoes to hit our house, or earthquakes to come. I ask that you take care of grandma and grandpa and other grandma and grandpa, and I ask that you take care of us, and I thank you for everything that you've done. Uh, amen. I don't actually remember what I said at the end, but that's basically, that's exactly what I would pray. Every single night, who the hell prays for carbon monoxide detectors to not go off? I, I wouldn't even pray for, like, there to not be carbon monoxide on us. I would just pray, don't let them. Don't let the carbon monoxide detectors go off. Just let us freaking die from the carbon monoxide. Just look at it. The alarms, just let them stop working. We'll just not wake up. But I meant don't let them, don't let this die from carbon monoxide. And here's why I really, because at the time I was like six and I prayed this prayer every single night and I I'm not kidding. I still pray like the exact same prayer and I don't mean to. It's just like ritualistic habit at this point. I don't say all the details of like specific events I don't hope don't happen. But like the beginnings, basically the same thing. The outlines like the exact same thing. And I say it in the same order every single time. And I try not to. But like why would a six year old, 10 year old, whatever, all those ages I was be going, you know, I live in Michigan where there's like only snowstorms and an occasional tornado that really does almost no damage ever. Thunderstorms, that's like it. We don't really have much here. No hurricanes. How in the world would a hurricane reach Michigan unless it was the end of the world? It wouldn't. We don't get very severe tornadoes ever. There was like one. It was in like 1840. And it didn't even like, it didn't even kill that many people. There's no earthquakes here that are intense enough to hurt anyone, and it's very unlikely there would be. Like, why was I sitting around praying for all this stuff? Where do I want to go back to? So anyway, yeah, so I have all these stupid ritualistic prayers that are based out of fear because I experienced or witnessed something one time and then was convinced that it's going to happen me, happen to me and, like, I need to make sure it doesn't. And if I say it's not going to happen, then maybe it won't happen. Like, this terrible control issue. So... My anxiety kind of stayed, like, around that level of just, like, 
small weird things for most of my childhood until middle school. And then in middle school, you know, the hormones just decided to take over my body and make me an emotional teenager. And yeah, I joined a group of kids that was, you know, a little weird. And we were all like, life is so hard. Life is so hard. It's just like not fair. I just hate my life. It's so hard. Did all that fun emo stuff for a while. Um, so depressed. Told everyone about it. Caused a lot of problems in youth groups because I was constantly talking about it. Okay, so my oh my great great grandma died in a, a psychiatric hospital in the 1900s in the 1940s. They said she had hysteria. Just basically was what they gave women for being emotional. It was either that or she had postpartum and they just didn't treat it. She died there. Guessing that she was probably experimented on just because of the time period and there's no record of her death really my family just i'm not even gonna say their names like bad bad mental illness on all the family sides and my family for some reason thought you know no you don't have that oh i feel like i should start over i think i'm gonna start over i'm not gonna start over listen i just sat here again and said i think i'm gonna start over i'm not gonna start over Let's just keep moving forward and pretend this isn't a chaotic episode. I just want you guys to see what my brain's like, and I hope you feel like you can relate. Because I don't want you to look at me and be like, oh my gosh, she's so put together. She's got it all together. I'm not at all. That's the point of why I named this haphazardly. I'm trying my hardest. It's not haphazardly like it used to be all the time. It's haphazardly because I'm trying a little bit, but it's also still a little hazardly. I, I can't help it. I need you to see that. I need you to see. I need you to see. Because Tracy the other day texted me. I was like, you're making me want to get my life together. Tracy, my life, I don't have my life together. I sat on the couch today after therapy and just stared at the wall. Done nothing. I just want to eat brownies. I don't feel like cleaning, but the house needs to be clean. Moving on, Okay. So, whatever. I maintain about the same level of mental health. It's hard, to, it's hard to look back and know what my mental health was in high school because think about perks of being a wallflower, okay? And how most, there's a large audience of teenagers that are like, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. I feel like them. That was me. Well, there's obviously like a lot of kids like my entire friend group in high school that were sane individuals. We didn't say, oh, I relate to perks of being a wallflower. There's a lot of people that say that they do. And a lot of those people probably grew up and aren't nearly as emotional or crazy as they were just like me. But if you watch perks of being a wallflower, that's how I felt in high school. I don't know how that corresponds with how I am today or if it was just hormones, but that was that. So we're just going to move on from there. So my mental health started to get like significantly worse and it started to be more of like a red flag that, hey, it's probably not just like me being a hormonal teenager um, when I was in college because I'm like, all right, puberty's far gone. I hit puberty when I was 10. So at 18, I go, 19, I go to college. Everything in my life just goes. I thought, oh, college is going to be so fun. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to make so many friends. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I didn't leave my dorm room. And if I did, I went to the same place every single time. Same house. We didn't do much. Hung up basically with Annalisa and Emily and Blake and Rachel. And that's all we did. 
we just went to the same house every single time and made no new friends really until much later and even then I only made one friend at college and the reason why was because I was so depressed and anxious and I just wouldn't leave I was too scared I was gonna get shot and raped so I just wouldn't, <laughs> I just wouldn't leave um but I started to develop hypochondriac tendencies where I would convince myself that I was dying and would have to go to the doctor or I would have to go call the poison control line or the nurse's line because I was literally having the symptoms of these things. Like my husband, Blake, at the time was my boyfriend and he developed like a uh, heart, a genetic heart condition. And I started to have the symptoms he was having. And my mom's like, it's just in your head. And I'm like, no, like I can feel it. Which, yes, it was in my head, but I could feel it. Like, I'd be laying in bed and all of a sudden it would feel like my heart stopped. Would like, so it would like skip some beats and be like, I'd go, <gasps> but I wouldn't be asleep enough to feel like, oh, you're falling, you know, when you wake up screaming. Like, I would just lay down and it would do it all the time. So I went to the heart doctor. I got these tests and I constantly thought I had cancer. A brain aneurysm, like blood clots, like all this stuff to the point where when I went to my doctor last year or two years ago, for my annual checkup, they were like, hey, we haven't seen you. It's only been once. This is your checkup. You didn't come in other than your yearly checkup this year. Are you doing better with your anxiety then? And I was like, I guess I moved on to other things. Yeah, I'm not a hypochondriac anymore. At the same time, I started to develop a lot of germ phobias, which my entire life I've never been a germaphobe. I started to be like very paranoid about chemicals. Like I would I had to like excessively wash my hands after touching cleaning products. I would be very scared to use cleaning products because I would, I thought they were getting in my mouth. Um, and if I thought they got in my mouth, I'd have to like excessively spit and rinse my mouth out. Um, I just, I didn't, I started to get really worried about germs, which thank God I did because that's the only reason I quit vaping was because I didn't like the idea of sharing germs with other people. And I was so scared that vaping was going to give me cancer and kill me that I just, it made me stop vaping, so thank goodness for my anxiety on that one, um, but, you know, those things all started to develop, and all I would do is sit and watch cartoons on TV, like American, oh gosh, that's a whole episode, watching adult cartoons and cartoons in general, and just, like, lighthearted shows is my primary coping mechanism, and that's all I would do, that's all I would spend my time doing was that, or, like, hanging out with Blake primarily, which led to me isolating myself from friends, and I didn't see any of them anymore, um, really at all. Uh, I also, so, like, those symptoms persisted, and I started to develop even more of, like, problems with, like, checking things, like, making, having to make sure the doors are locked, being paranoid that people were following me, excessive fear about the end of the world, and dying. I would, couldn't fall asleep at night, because I'm like, I'm not gonna wake up, and I would convince myself I'm not gonna wake up. Being, like, super hyper-vigilant about thinking people were following me. I didn't think people were following me, I don't really, see, I feel like I shouldn't be saying this because people are going to be like, she has schizophrenia. I don't, okay. It's part of, it's part of OCD where I have intrusive thoughts that tell me you're going to get raped. <laughs> you're going to get kidnapped. You're going to go to war. Like all these very scary things and I can't stop the thoughts. I don't actually believe them necessarily. I just am nervous so I have to make sure that they're not actually true which makes it seem like I'm paranoid, but it's a different thing. Like, I know that's not actually happening. But it's also hard because as women today, 
we kind of have to be because we're shown a lot that we're going to get kidnapped and raped and sex trafficked. So I don't know how to navigate that one. You take that one as you want. But my OCD continued to like get worse. I started to have really bad relationship OCD where I'd be really controlling of Blake. Like because I thought if I'm not with him, something bad will happen to him. And so if I wasn't with him, I would just be par- I I couldn't do anything other than like try to be in contact with him because I was so scared that something bad was going to happen to him. Yeah, so I'm like paranoid about people shooting me in college and like war breaking out and thinking I need to prepare for war to break out and contamination of chemicals and all that fun stuff. My anxiety for the past two years has been like at a six or seven on a daily basis and then it's not, here's the thing, though. People don't really get the difference between having generalized anxiety and having my OCD-based anxiety. I'm not, like, nervous all the time at all. I'm actually, like, not really ever nervous. I think I only really get nervous. When do I even get nervous? I think I only get nervous when it's, like, something that I'm anticipating for a long time. I get nervous about and, like, going on trips I get nervous about I'm not nervous on a daily basis that's not what anxiety is OCD is an anxiety disorder my daily life when I'm saying my anxiety is on a six or seven on a daily basis is that I have intrusive thoughts constantly like never-ending intrusive thoughts it's like if your internal dialogue has like six of them going at once And they don't stop, even if you keep trying to tell them to stop. Like, if I'm cleaning and I spray, like, stuff in the shower, and I'm cleaning, I'll have voices in my head. Not voices. Uh, My internal dialogue will start going, you're going to poison yourself from all these chemicals. No, I won't. It's fine. Ignore it. And I'll just keep saying it over and over and over again. My brain like, you need to spit them out of your mouth. You got it in your mouth. You definitely have chemicals in your mouth right now you got paint in your mouth you must have paint in your mouth you need to spit it out right now or you're gonna die you're gonna die you better stop you need to spit why aren't you spitting you have to spit 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 and it will just keep going until I do what it says or until I learn to quiet it what are some other things I do that with hmm like when I have these meltdowns it usually starts with me hyper-focusing on something that means my life's going to end, and it's not, like, not even serious. <laughs> like, you know, you hyper... Here's the thing that's different. I Here's a really great example. Here's a really great example. This is my favorite example of how to explain a normal person with intrusive thoughts versus someone like me with intrusive thoughts. So everyone has intrusive thoughts. We're at a train station. We're standing there. There's someone standing over by the tracks. The internal dialogue in our head goes, I could push them onto the train tracks right now. What would happen if they fell onto the train tracks right now? What happens that's different is that you, when you have that thought pop into your head, you just let it keep going through your thoughts. Like you're like, huh, and then you move on through your day and you don't think about it again. Me, when that hop, that same thought that pops in my head, and the same thoughts pop into all of our heads at some point, me, I stop the thought and I'm like, why did I just think that? Why would I think something like that? That is so bad. Why would I why would I ever say something like that must mean there's something wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why did I say that? Why did I say that? Why did I say that? And try to like find the answers to that question. 
another good example I feel like is like the idea that like if you look at someone in a in a like in any social situation someone might like if you have social anxiety here's a good comparison if you have social anxiety you think why did I say that I shouldn't have said that and you'll think about why you said that thing for days and days and days and days and days I don't do that but that's exactly what happens to me with these bizarre random things of like like I will think I'm driving and I'll hit something and then I'll keep driving and I'll be like you have to turn around and go look at it because what if it was an animal that was like a person's pet or if you hit a kid what if you hit a kid you probably hit a kid oh my gosh you hit a kid you hit a kid go back and check and I'll be like I didn't hit anything it was literally like a stick and they're like nope you have to go back and check and I used to turn around and like actually go go like check and obviously nothing was ever there and like I wasn't, like, there was nothing, every time I do this, there's nothing, like, that ever comes out of it. Like, I never die. I really worked on my OCD to the point where I don't do those things excessively, but the intrusive thoughts are still something that I'm dealing with and trying to figure out how to stop them. I still struggle with, like, cleaning and being, like, I'm gonna die if I don't spit right now. All I need to feel better about these things is someone to validate me, which is a problem, because that's the other part of OCD is, like, I'm reassurance seeking. So if I have an intrusive thought, even if I know it's not real, I need reassurance that it's not real. Constant reassurance that it's not real. And that's not good. It's not healthy. You're not supposed to reassurance seek. I'm supposed to be able to find reassurance within myself and be able to like calm myself down because it's not other people's responsibility to make me feel better. It's not. If you're struggling in any area of mental health at all, I want you to know Unless it's a therapist, not even with a therapist, no matter who it is that you think should be doing something to make your mental health better, you're wrong. I'm sorry to be blunt, but I spent too much of my life thinking that. I spent too much of my life thinking my mental health would be better if Blake did this, this, and this. My mental health would be better if my mom did this, this, and this. My mental health would be better if my life consisted of this, this, and this. And when I get those things, because I ask for them, cause, you know, speaking up for what you want is important. And, it, you know, I'm not saying that, like, telling people, like, your partner, hey, when I'm feeling anxious, I really just need you to give me a hug and tell me it's going to be okay and just, like, sit there with me. That's what I tell Blake to do. But I can't look for Blake to solve my problems for me. Like, I can't go, Blake, I'm feeling paranoid about, I'm having intrusive thoughts that, I'm that you I'm having intrusive thoughts that no one loves me and that I'm alone and that everything's like this that everything's falling apart and my my life's gonna come crashing apart and I'm convinced that it's gonna happen can you tell me why it's not and and like try to make him be like no it's not gonna happen because I love you and your friends all love you like no I need to be able to tell myself that I can't rely on other people every single time to be like you know, it's okay if it happens every once in a while, but I don't care what your mental health disorder is. It's not other people's responsibility. And the reality is until you want it to stop and you take responsibility for it, it's not going to. I, a big part of like me and Annalisa having a friendship breakup is that I was suffering from pretty intense mental health problems at that time. And so was Annalisa, like I said last time. But Annalisa kept going, Jade, everyone gets scared of dying. Everyone, because we both had a ton of people in our families dying. So that's why we were like having a ton of issues with anxiety. 
But the difference was that we weren't understanding each other because Annalisa was experiencing generalized anxiety disorder and I was experiencing OCD. And they're not super similar, like I said, in the way that we experience distress. Like anxiety can manifest in nervousness. And I, like, I don't have any nervousness at all. It's just like constant aggravating thoughts. Um, but the reality was, you know, I kept saying that and I just was so set in like my mental health being my identity that I was unwilling to fix it. Like I almost didn't want it to change because I, I was like, no, this is who I am. This is my identity now. I don't want to change it because even though I feel like crap all the time, it's just who I am. And if I, if I fix it, that's me admitting that there's something wrong with it. And I didn't want to admit that there was something wrong with it. And I also didn't want to admit that it was my responsibility. I wanted to blame it on other people and make them fix their things because then in turn I thought I would get better. The thing that stinks is that, and I know this is kind of like, I don't, if you have schizophrenia or like, you know, bipolar type one that's like frequent manic and depressive episodes and is ongoing, no medications have worked to treat it. That's like a different story. I'm talking about like lower acuity, less intense more like generalized society mental health conditions like what I have like generalized anxiety disorder depression even honestly PTSD or addiction to like nicotine or alcohol or whatever it is until you decide that you don't want to live your life like that anymore you're not it's not going to get better like if you you there's like this there's like this thing that clicks and you just know I'm changing my life this thing inside of you is just like it's over. I'm going to I'm gonna win this battle. But it's an active choice that you have to make and you can't rely on other people to do it for you. Even if you go to therapy. It's the same thing with meds. I was just telling my friend that, when I, that she just got died. She just got forgiven meds for her anxiety. And I was like, you know, meds are awesome. And they can do a lot of help. But in, they're not going to cure you. You can't, for most people, they're not going to cure you. Because the problem with mental health is that, well... Like I said, a lot of it is genetic, and taking meds can fix that genetic part of it. You've also lived an entire lifetime with this, so you have some of it that's socially learned environmental behaviors, and meds don't fix that. If they did, that'd be sick. They don't. And those environmental, socially learned behaviors associated with your mental health condition can't be fixed by meds. Meds can fix the other part of it, like the the chemicals in your brain. They can't fix that part and until you decide you want to fix that part it's not going to get better you have to decide it's not even your therapist's responsibility your therapist is there to help guide you into feeling better into learning new ways to get better but they can't make you get better that's why when someone's super mentally ill you can't just put them in therapy and they'll get better they have to want it they have to want to get better and I don't even mean like wanting to not feel sad anymore I mean like wanting to actually try like, and motivation is a big thing for that's hard for people. I honestly think I probably talked enough for this episode. I could go on and on and on and on and on and on about this topic. I honestly didn't even mention everything. I'm also diagnosed with ADHD, which is part of the reason why it's hard for me to for me to stay on topic, especially when I'm in a bad headspace. I get so irritated with people that complain about their lives nonstop and how horrible they're they're always like I'm just so upset my life just sucks like everything's sad I'm so mad blah 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 oh me oh my then I look at them and I go okay well what have you done to fix it and I'll be like well it's my dumb husband it's my dumb boyfriend it's 
It's like just like my job and blah, 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 blah. Sure, those things might contribute, lady, but it's not that. <laughs> There's a lot of other things that go into it. And I'm, I just get so upset because I'm like, you keep coming to me and asking me why you feel like this and how to get better. And then when I tell you tips and ways to work on it, you don't do it. Why? Because they, in their heart, have not decided that they want to get better. Or that they're willing to accept help with getting better. And I know that's a really controversial thing to say because people are going to be like, everyone just can't want to get better. Like, people that are suicidal can't just want to stop being suicidal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm saying, see, this is there's just so many layers to this that it's hard to, like, navigate it fully. But, like... For instance, like, pretend you're someone with, like, severe depression, okay? Sometimes, you know, parts of it are environmental. Parts of it are chemical chemicals in your brain. But, you know, sometimes it's just all the environment. Sometimes it's just all the chemicals in your brain. But you have to be willing to try meds. I, when sometimes there's people that are like, I've been to therapy. I've done it for so long. I really want to get better. I'm like, well, did you try meds? No. Did they tell you you should try meds? Yeah. Do you really want to get better? Yeah. Okay, then try med. No. You have to be willing to try different things. And I'm not one to push meds initially unless it's some, like, really highly acute disorder or, like, condition that's been ongoing forever and you've tried therapy for a long time. You've tried different things for a really long time and it never gets better. Then I'd be like, you need to take meds. <laughs> but you can't take meds. And not do the other part. It's, they always go together, okay? It's either you just get therapy and then if that doesn't work over a period of time, you reassess and say, maybe we need to try some meds. Or you do meds and therapy. Don't ever listen to someone that tells you, just take meds. Just, just do meds. Don't worry about going to therapy. I get some people can't afford mental health treatment. That's understandable. But like any provider that actively knows you can afford to and they're like, just take the meds and that'll help. Don't listen to them. <laughs> My point of this is that I understand it can make it seem like I'm saying that I'm better than other people. I'm not. I'm working on myself every single day to be a better person and feel better about myself and my brain. And I've accepted the fact that this is going to be something that occurs for like the rest of my life. And it's going to be an ongoing battle. But the more that I work on it, the better I'll get at managing it and the easier it will be to not allow it to completely lapse back into the state of chaos because I don't want to live the rest of my life like that. I want to get it under control and understand and accept that it's going to continue to happen and it just doesn't always have to be like this super intense thing. Sometimes your brain's just made a certain way. Humans are all made very differently and it's it's understanding that we have to learn how to cope and live with things that are going to be part of our lives every single day. And, like, we're never going to stop. War is never going to go away. There's going to be bad people, bad things happening all the time. People get really anxious about that. I'm one of those people. Can I take a med that's going to make that anxiety about that stuff go away? No. <laughs> Will it maybe help me with, like, the intensity of it and how hard it is to cope with? Yeah, but I still have to use the other things along with it. And... I'm just going to be very harsh and very blunt for a hot second. I'm being so serious. Stop blaming other people for the way that you are feeling and you're 
getting better, you are the only person responsible for that, okay? I'm saying this because I did that, and I still do that. Like, today, I'm like, my immediate go-to is to blame Blake, okay? (laughs) Sorry, Blake, or my family. I'm always like, well, if Blake was here, then I would feel better. Nope, it's not Blake's job. I should be able to not, like, lose it just because I'm by myself. I need to learn how to be by myself and not have a meltdown, okay? Being alone is an important thing to learn how to do, too. That's been my biggest thing I've been trying to figure out lately is how to be alone. Because when you have intrusive thoughts, being distracted constantly by other people is a really good way to not think. Um, but it's important to learn how to be alone and to not make other people responsible for your thing, for your feelings and your thoughts. Um, but like seriously, it's your responsibility to take care of yourself. It's your responsibility to get better. And until you want to get better, you're not going to get better. You have to have a genuine change in your mindset about your mental health and where you want to be if you ever want to have things change. You have to put the work in. It's just like, listen, people people separate people separate exercise, like physical health and mental health way too much. They're not they're not separate. They're the same thing. Spiritual, mental, and physical health are all in the same realm. Okay, so like physical health. Lower resting heart rate, you want lower blood pressure, lower blood sugar, whatever. All these things that contribute to poor health. You want those things. You can't just say you want those things. You can't just blame it on your genetics. You can't just read books about how to get it and think it's just going to suddenly get better. You have to go to the gym and you have to work out and you have to eat healthy and you have to practice activities that are good for your body and Take things that are good for your body and maybe take some medications that will help with that and encourage the process. But you also can't rely on the meds to fix the problem all by themselves because sure they might like cover it up like a band-aid, but they're not fixing the like root environmental problem of it. And it's the same thing with your brain, but you have to be putting in the work on a daily basis and it's hard. It's really hard and there's so much that goes into being a well-rounded person. And I'm going to be honest, you can't like no matter what, no matter how much work you put into this, there are going to be days when you feel like trash. <laughs> there are going to be days that you feel like trash and you have to learn to accept that. And I mean, I'm going to make this an entire episode on its own. So if you want to hear my tips for actually moving forward with this process of accepting where your brain's at and really wanting to get better and some of the steps around that, like coping skills, listen to the next the next episode, which is going to come out on Wednesday. I'll teach you all the things that I've learned that help me and other things that might help you as well. Um, and like those will be those are all backed by science. This is just my personal experience and you know what, never mind. <sighs> Whatever. Just go listen to Wednesday's episode. I really hope that me sharing my experiences maybe helps you feel like you're heard and seen, maybe you learn something about OCD. I don't know. I'm I feel like I just had to talk about my experience personally and have you see what I'm like when I'm in the stage of transitioning to a different cycle of my mental health. I'm not always doing great, guys. But I'm working on it every day. So if you want to see how I'm working on it, go listen to when keep just if you want to see how I'm working on my mental health, go listen to Guys, I cannot speak. If you take anything away from this episode, 
I hope that you, one, realize that I'm not talking about everyone with mental health. I know it's different for everyone. I'm just saying for, you know, majority of people that do have mental health disorders are not severely mentally ill all the time. Very small majority. That's a very small part of the population. Most people will experience extreme depression or anxiety at some point in their life, like really severe, intense. But the amount that we all feel on a daily basis is very across the board. And you don't have to feel like that every day. You have a choice in it. I understand there's some people that don't. And if that's you and you've tried everything and you're doing all that, I'm sorry that you're struggling with that. Gosh, there's so many things that you need to be careful to like step on. Like I feel like every word that's coming out of my mouth this episode, people are going to be like, but like you're belittling the experience of people with like severe depression. Babes, I literally struggle with these same things. And I'm not. Everyone's experience is so individual and I can't tell you, you know, whatever works for you. I'm telling you from my perspective of the population I want to work with that I'm passionate about learning about are people that are not chronically mentally ill. They're people that have lower acuity mental illnesses ongoing through their life that are not chronic, okay? They're not life debilitating. Maybe at some points of their life they are, but they're not ongoingly chronic, okay? That's where I'm speaking from. That's the population I want to work with. I do not want to work with chronically ill, mentally ill people that have ongoing disorders that have been treated in a million different ways and nothing seems to be working and there's all these barriers. I'm talking to the people, specifically women, that, but this kind of goes for anybody, but like my population I want to work with is women that have mental health disorders that are ongoing through their lifetime, that are not severely chronic, they, none of that kind of stuff, okay? So please, please don't try to like yell at me. I don't want to be yelled at for something that I shouldn't be yelled at. <laughs> I work at an inpatient hospital. I know. I see people that have schizophrenia that have been on every med under the sun and they just don't get better. Same with bipolar. And it's horrible and it's sad. And no, ma- no matter how much those people want to get better, they're probably not going to. And it's horrible. Those are not the situations I'm talking about when I'm referring to these things of you're not going to get better till you want to get better. Can you imagine if I went to the inpatient hospital and was like, hey, you, I know you've been in here like 20 times and you've had schizophrenia since you were 18 and you're 70 now and every med under the sun has been given to you and nothing's changed and every day you want to, you tell us how bad you want to feel better. I don't believe you. I think you need to like really just like convince yourself that you need to get better. Can you imagine? That'd be horrible. I'm not saying it in those situations. I'm saying it for people that are your average Joe who aren't experiencing that really severe portion of their life where they're having this thing. And if you are in that severe portion of your life, realize it's not going to last forever if you choose to take actionable steps while you're in it to prevent it from lasting a long time, okay? I'm done rationalizing myself, okay? I know what I'm talking about. If you think that I'm being mean or belittling people's mental health experience I don't care that's what I feel that's what I know from research that is what I'm talking about I'm not talking about these populations I'm talking about people like me who have experienced severe mental health disorders ongoing mental health disorders but it's not chronic okay all right see you Wednesday with coping skills bye
Oh, like and subscribe and share this with people that you think would like it. Honestly, not sure who's going to like this episode because whew, we were all over the place, but it needed to be said. Otherwise, the rest of these wouldn't make any sense if you don't understand where my life experience comes from. So, all right, see ya. <laughs>